0: Namaste. As we know, we are uh, dwelling upon Surabindo's life through his poems. And the reason is that uh, when we look at life from the outer events and circumstances, then it doesn't give us the inner state in which the action was going on. We just see the field. But as Surabindo says in Essays on the Gita, action and event have no importance in themselves but for the force that moves them and the idea that the force is there to serve. So, behind the action and event, there is the idea of force. That has to be understood. Otherwise, if you try to control only the outer action, whether it be terrorism, whether it be... All kinds of different things. You you can control any number of people you can pick up, incarcerate or kill. But if the idea is alive and that force continues to be active and operative, you cannot finish it. It will you can bring it to a point where it is simmering, but it'll come back again. That's why the mother and Survindo speak about transformation. So if we look at Survindo's life, if you really want to understand it, we have to enter into that state. He was a journalist, yes. But what kind of journalist? Who was he behind the journalist? And if you look at life like that, then things assume a new meaning. Nowadays people understand because they know that if this particular channel is showing this news, how much it can be believed and how much it cannot be believed. So now they have started a new way of spreading all kinds of things and that's called WhatsApp. So you don't know. Gum hai koi. You know, because anything, good, good, bad, everything can be, you know, it's like any channel. So it's, but it's more difficult to discern. Even fact check is like, who are the people who are really behind the fact check? So all this has become a very. Ultimately, they are pointing towards awakening of man's inner discernment. Coming back to Shrivindo's life, when you read the life of great uh, saints and sages, the other day somebody was. Pointing towards a book, you know, life. So you will invariably, by and large, in the standard books, will be they went, took some initiation, then they practice sadhana, where they practice sadhana either in some hill, Himalaya is one of the favorite spots. You will see in most of the saints' life, 15 years he had vanished, 10 years he had vanished. There he was practicing sadhana of a special kind. Then they come back. Some of them come back after the PhD, and many don't come back. As the story goes. Now in Shurabindu's life which is a living example for us there is no mention of any Himalaya. The first time the Himalayan I mean in his writings and kalidas yes, here <laughs> the Himalaya Ganges are there by the shore of the Ganges. So symbolic. Shurabindu doesn't go to Himalaya. He is at the place where the Ganges meets the sea. So I look at it as a symbol there and this is a poem we have read also to the Ganges. Because he has brought down the Purifying, transforming Ganges and sea into the whole ocean of humanity, he is distributing it. So his post is not in the Himalayas. He has renounced the Himalayas and come where the Ganges paces into the southern sea. That's how he wrote in his poem Envoy. Now, one of the many things about Sherbindu's life are a living example for us to follow, and one of them is this that we do not need to. Leave life. Mother says that, you know, we do not need to abandon life to find God. He is everywhere and if we do not find Him, it's because we do not take the care to find Him. As simple as that. He is everywhere. We don't have to abandon life, this mother's words, to find God. And this is best exemplified in the life of Shurbindu and the mother. So in Shurbindu's life, we have seen how while in the midst of life, in the midst of everything he experiences nirvana within 3 days what was the power that made him experience nirvana the mother and has emphasized on that one quality most missing his sincerity and if somebody says i am sincere that means the most insincere fellow on earth is here one can never say one is sincere enough just to become aware of the things that are inside is uh, that's why mother says first thing is mental honesty So when Sri goes to Lele Maharaj, he doesn't say that, you know, I want Nirvana or I want God. He says, you know, I want God because I can liberate the country. I want power. He's a Shakti. That's what he says that I went because I had heard by yoga you can get power. And I wanted power to free the country, not for his own uses. So he practices pranayama and all this and then spontaneous experiences come. But this power was not a seeking for power for the sake of it. It was a seeking so that he could liberate the country. And then finally, the all these powers, which he was already having many things, they were suddenly became stilled in the consciousness of nirvana, deepened into parbram, all that we read last time. Why? Because now he will be given a new set of power, right from the source. And that's what we see in Shurabinder's life, he says that, you know, he describes a passage, when you are in that state and you don't know what to do and what is going to happen, Uh, Whether you will be in the world Or not be in the world It will be as God decides So from that point onwards From the point of nirvana And Lele asked him He asked him Now how should I speak What should I do Because that state is completely You have done with world You have done with all the knots of karma So he asked what should I do He says "Uh, Are you able to feel the guidance Inside of the Uh, Divine within He said yes Can you surrender yourself Completely to him He said yes I have already done that Now you listen to him Surrender Which we read One of the poems So with that state Sri was Continuing to live in this world And in that state He goes through Another set of Transmuting experiences And in this state At the command Of the Highest command He Moves away from Kolkata shifts the field to Pondicherry and inwardly from the India's freedom struggle to the freedom of whole humanity. So during this phase after nirvana, we see in nirvana he has already found the immanent divine. He says that he can surrender to him. So it was a very different kind of nirvana. It was the nirvana which very interestingly, if you read the traditional description of nirvana or advaita, advaita talks of one, but Nirvana, Buddhist Nirvana, there is just the illimitable permanent. He describes that. But he experienced that permanent within him. This is the line that mother also discovered when she went. She also had the Nirvana experience and the experience of the Gita. So during that phase, from January onwards, he started getting a feeling that now I should withdraw on to another work. So… All the energies were taken back into that state of stillness. But still, even when your consciousness is completely free, there are portions which continue. And he he says that it was difficult for me to heed to that because there was the country, there were people in peril, they needed. And then we see that uh, event where Sri is brought to Alipur Jail. And in that Alipur Jail, he asked God, why... Uh, Why at this point I don't mind going to gallows But at least I want till the country is free So he says that all these things came within him And if you read the prison life it is very interesting The mechanical mind That's how Sri would say Otherwise it is very difficult to understand all this We think Nirvana means now he will be always sitting in Samadhi Yes there is a kind of specialized way that one can do it But the Nirvana of the Gita is not that Nirvana of the Gita is consistent with works in the world Mad mad so you are continuing in the world, and if you are continuing in the world, your surface consciousness is dealing with it. So all kinds of forces will still come. And there are people who are in a state of savastha. And if you read the life of Sri Ramakrishna, one will understand that. Some of the events which are very sweet. Swami Vekananda, who can deny that he didn't have the highest realizations of the advait, uh, Advaitin. Of the Kundalini and all this He had those experiences But he was so mercurial in temperament Quick to anger It's not that So this idea that it, Because this is a state of the soul Not of nature It's a different thing that be the nature itself Is so sattvic as we read through His writings is like High Devgun. <laughs> if one wants to categorize Because it's the divine who has assumed this nature for a certain working But there would also be parts in nature which are as he says that when I looked at the jail when I looked at people I realized that there were people whom we in our ignorant pride used the word chhutti log log the small ones the people who are lowly and in them too I saw Narayana So this experience opened a completely new door towards action uh, He was never if we read through Bande Matram we will see that not a trace of hatred anger nothing in the jail, first time he experienced that anger has always been foreign to me. But in the jail, once, because of the pressure of the yoga, he experiences rising within. And because somebody has pushed him, and he looks at him that's all. And that man ran away. So we can imagine, you know. <laughs> So, this was the state of experience that, the, uh, experience that Sri Aurobindo was goi- going on. Because he had all this, he knew that you may be inwardly liberated, but your nature still may be prone to certain things. When somebody was telling him all about the rishis in the past, and you know, they were so wonderful, all that, Sri Aurobindo tempered it by saying, well, rishis were known to be prone to... Many of the world problems, Dhruvasa's anger and Vishwamitra, they they were prone to lust and anger. That doesn't make them less of a rishis. They still had a part which was climbing in the higher consciousness. But there were parts which are still... That's why the yoga of transformation came in. Otherwise there was no need if inner liberation was enough. So this is what he describes in some of his poems. And that's why he could see when somebody said, there is a poem called Ego. And you know, he said, I am egoless, free. I asked him. uh, Then swore because the dinner was not ready. I asked him, are you so very sure? He said, well, it is the God of the belly who is unsteady. So you'll see that and um, there's number of conversations like that. One was when Ramakrishna saw one of the yogi go with a whole... uh, uh, literally a almost a, a concubines going with him and uh, when this was reported to when he was asked he said what does it matter i am inwardly free so when this was reported to sri ramakrishna he said i spit on your vedanta this story was told to shribindo shuvindo writes well I agree with Sri Ramakrishna, but the yogi had a point. (laughs) (laughs) You are inwardly free, but outwardly your nature. So all this we understand just when we observe his life. So first three days he went into a state where it was on the verge of insanity, the outer mind. And then he says how the divine came in. There was a constantly a calm. That's a wonderful whole piece we'll probably read in when we read about Bangla writings. Meanwhile, he describes two different aspects of the one divine the same benevolent shiva is the same turbulent rudra and that is there in one of his beautiful poems this we won't read full it's called epiphany where he has a grand vision of shiva the number of poems on shiva the shiva aspect of shurbindo is not well known but one who could wage a whole war sitting in a room and defeat the axis powers is, <laughs> I mean, and he says that it, uh, I have not used my highest powers because, uh, you know, it would have had devastating effect. So, this is Epiphany. Just I'll read a few lines Immortal, moveless, calm, alone, august, is silence throned to just and to unjust. One lord of still, unutterable love. I saw him, Shiva, like a brooding dove. And actually, you know, when you look at Shirvinda's life, one last time. And Nirodai will say, we knew this one last time is forever. He didn't believe in punishment. Whenever people would come and say, this person did this, this person. He says, you don't expect us to be a tribunal of justice <laughs> to sort out the matter of, personal matter of sadhakas. Who are quarreling between themselves? (laughs) They used to get angry. Somebody would write, Shribinda would remain silent. So the other person will write, then he will write again. Why didn't you intervene and sort out the matter? Who is right? So he write that you don't expect me and mother to act like a tribunal of justice in your personal matters. (laughs) Both practice samatha. So he I saw Shiva. Close-winged upon her nest, the outcasts came. These sinners gathered to that quiet flame. That's why I was saying, I think yesterday or day before, that this Sri Aurobindo was rejecting many people was actually grace. That's why he writes in the Mother, even her rejections are not rejections but postponement. They are a grace. Why? Because you can't bear the flame. So it is not like he is saying, "Don't come." He is saying, "I wish I could, but right now the state is such." After the supermind, you see, here they are everywhere now. You know because. You can't bear that intensity So they all came The outcasts came The sinners gathered to that quiet flame The demons by the other Sterner gods Rejected from their luminous abodes Gathered around the refuge of the lost Soft smiling on that wild and grisly host You see, there was a story When somebody went and started collecting money On Shurabindu's behalf And people gave money and then the matter finally came to show That fellow took the money and went away. Vanished. People wrote that, you know, we gave money to him. Why you gave money? I have not asked through him. No, no. But he said that, you know, you had spoken to him and it seems that you gave him 45 minutes of audience. He says, how do you judge... From that, that he has spiritually. <laughs> this idea, he would clarify somebody is working near Mother and Shivbindo. In fact, he went on to say, there is a private correspondence of Nalnida, some of the greatest asuras are brought here closest because they are Purva Deva, they have to be converted. And then he added, the greater the disciples, the greater the asura. Now, Kishore Gandhi, he told, Sir, if we publish it, but now this matter came to light because for some reason I don't know Nalli Da's collected works has that so it's an authentic letter but look at not the asuras look at the refuge of the lost the lord calling them near the mother, this lady Mehendi who was this uh, Chinmai was her name but that Dara's sister she would get into frenzies wanting to push the mother down the stairs. She you know, possessed by the hostile force. Mother kept her with a lot of love and care. And when people asked, why are you keeping her near you in a personal entourage troop? She said, you know, if she goes out, she will create chaos and it won't be good for her. So this kind of love they embodied refuge of the lost. Even there are stories where the spy came and you know his soul would come up and mother would say, Stay on. So refuge of the lost. All who were refugeless, there are families that they have entertained in the ashram. During the second world war, people didn't come for yoga. They came because they had heard Pondicherry is the safest place on earth. And they came. Mother accommodated and started giving them all, uh, you know, that's how the school came up. So, refuge of the lost. That's how he is. All who were refugeless, wretched, Loved, the wicked and the good together moved naturally to him, the shelterer sweet, and found their heaven at their master's feet. The story of Mrithu, who was so anger prone, and yet she would make luchis for Shrivind, the ones he didn't eat. He didn't feel like eating, not because of anything else. Asked them that you all take it, and this matter was told to Mrithu. She said, I am going to commit suicide. And then when this is told to Shirbindu, he says, first of all, to the disciples, you should have some discreetness. <laughs> Whom are you saying what? Even till today I see the same indiscreet and all goes under the name of truth. Some discreetness you should have. Don't have to speak everything if you <laughs> then ultimately he writes a letter to Mridhu. If you die, who will make luchis for me? When Mridhu died, 1951, Shurvindu came to take her, and on her forehead they saw Shurvindu's symbol, mother saw. So she asked Shurvindu, This is documented in Agenda, it is there. So she asked Shurvindu, Even she, even she, she was so full of anger, quick to temperament. When mother is sitting in the interview room of the playground Ridhu is sitting in front. Now suddenly she gets into her She wouldn't move. She wouldn't let anybody go inside. She wouldn't let mother come out. And she would not listen to anyone. The only person she would listen to was not Dada to Nalnida. So this is a story where Dada is asking to move everybody but no I will not move. Some dharna. Something she is annoyed. So dharna. Then Nalnida comes, they would call Nalnida, Nalnida would come. When she died, Nalnida came to know, she told how she fell. So when she saw Nalnida, Nalnida did nothing, he walked and said, Mirdu come, turn back and Mirdu gets up and follows like a little cow. So she says, even she? Shubhendu said, yes, it does not depend upon their inner condition also. That's why they said like Kashi in olden times, they created this new. It does not depend even on their inner condition. Even the wretch, they would take us. And there is a little wretch in all of us. When I use that word, let me clarify. There is not that some people are wretch in holy people. That concept is not here. The wicked and the good together moved naturally to him. The shelterer's feet and found their heaven at their master's feet. But this is, you know, behind that Bholenath is Ong who can create a new world but equally... There is the master of all the Rudra forces. That's why you see when Sherbinndo's relics, people don't realize. Shiva, with one lock of his matted hair, created Virbhadra who could destroy a whole yagna. So there is the other side. Can you imagine Shurbindo, the British comment, had its death knell was it was doomed. the day it took Sherbinndo a captive and put him in the jail. And you see that process is still going on. And then the Second World War and many other where, you know, his interventions. There are so many stories of Second World War which are, you know, documented. So then the vision changed and in its place there stood a terror red as lightning or as blood. Sri Aurobindo didn't show this rope; He acted it from within. When somebody asked her, what about your wish rope?" So he says, yes, it is there my roop. But it is not not so threatening as, see, Krishna is on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, Danta, all the Yodhas are going between the teeth. He said, because the work is different. <laughs> if I do this Vishwaroop, they will run away, all of them. <laughs> it, but they have their Vishwaroop, so, you know, cosmic state his strong right hand a javelin advanced and as he shook it earthquakes tumbling danced they have said mother and shubindo shubindo says that it took us 10 years to wipe the entire history of the earth to make it clean for the new creation that's why to try to recreate it is impossible what the divine has removed you can't get back in that form you have to keep the spirit and let it take a new form And as he shook it, earthquakes stumbling danced across the hemisphere. Ruin and plague rained out of heaven. Disasters swift and vague. Neighborhood a marching multitude of hills. And now see that power. His foot strode forward to oppress the hills. And as the vision of his burning eyes, the hearts of men grew faint and dreadsome eyes of sin and punishment. Their cry was loud. Oh master of the storm wind and the cloud. Spare. Rudra spare. Show us that other form. Auspicious. Not incarnate wrath and storm. Now see what he is doing. He is setting a balance right. Krishna and Shiva are a single God. With Krishna they know. One side there is this terrible Kali roop Where he says Kala Osmi Bhava. On the other side the benevolent roop. And Arjuna says show me that other form. No. Please don't. I am also feeling frightened. What will I fight? (laughs) You are frightening me with this vision. So he assumes that. So here he is doing it with Shiva. Nowhere else I have found this description. We know Rudra and we know Shiva. But this kind of fusion where he says, The God of force, the God of love are one. Not least he loves, whom most he smites. What a wonderful line to remember. Not least he loves, whom most he smites alone, who towers above fear and plays with grief. Defeat and death inherits full relief from blindness and beholds the single form. Who can see this single form? Who rises above all these, you know, death, fear, grief? He can behold the two as one. And what is that form? Love masking terror. <laughs> Be supporting storm. We see that in uh, you know um, so many times. This this love masking terror, the divine coming in this form. There is a line in the Upanishad that he who makes you abhaya can fill you with tremendous bhay. In Ramayana, it is shown as when Rama walks into the Sabha of uh, King Janak. So all the sages are happy, all the ladies are. Hey, this is the perfect man, but he's so tender, such a cutie pie is Rama. So tender, perfect for our janki. But you know, how is he going to break this dhanush? The veer, they say, oh my God, veeron ka veer has come. And the demons, they say, my God, he is terrible. He, he, he looks like Kala himself. So this aspect of fusion of the two sides. And this is a relevance because in Supramental Yoga, Sri says that Samyata and Radra, they have to come together. So it's not like only one aspect and not the other. So here he describes that, The friend of man helps him with life and death until he knows. So he is the friend of man. He gives life, he gives death. Through both he helps. Then, freed from mortal breath, grief, pain, resentment, terror pass away. He feels the joy of the immortal play. He has the silence and the unflinching force. He knows the oneness and the eternal course. He too is Rudra and Thunderer and the Fire. He Shiva and the White Light. No shadows tire. The strength that rides abroad on time's wide wings. The calm in the heart of all immortal things. There's another poem which I'll read before we go further. And um, the oneself, I think I have it here. Yeah. So, we have heard about Rudra and Shiva as one. We have also heard about Krishna in his terrible form, Chakrapani and Vinap, uh, Murli Manohar, both as one. But what about Krishna and Shiva? You see, if you look into the history of India, there has been constantly this fight between Shaivites and Vaishnavites both claiming their own superiority led to all kinds of uh, even fights (laughs) so it's not something which you can just ignore do away and how Shirobindo the great synthesizer he has synthesized matter and spirit with and tantra all this he has done different aspects but he has also synthesized these two sides of one reality and this is also an experience all these are experiences during that period before 1910 because when he comes out in one of his writings in Karmiogi, he says, because he was constantly speaking about God, God is the leader of this, uh, our journey. So people were laughing. They said, what, is, what do you mean God is the leader of the journey? Ashwini Kumar, death is dead. Will God create another Ashwini Kumar and make him alive? We said, no, I don't mean that. But he is the leader and he remains the leader and he will win the victory. With whom, through whom, that is up to him. So all through we see after the Alipur Jail, Shubhendu speaks about this one self inhabiting all beings. He is death, he is life. And he says that what is there to, constantly we see this this fear which comes uh, of you know disaster and number of writings good out of evil is there in the Karmyogin, God's ways, where he says that many times he uses seemingly death, defeat, pain to prepare us for a greater delight so here this wonderful experience is there in a very beautiful way in his poem the one self all are deceived do what the one power dictates this is the experience he had in alipur jail Sabahi nachavat ram Gusai. the advocate from this side but the advocate also on that side so god is working in everyone Mother at one place says, you can't, don't expect me to take one person's side and another, against another person. It was in context with some strike which was going on and the workers were, you know, um, having some demands. And the mother says, you expect me to take side, why, what's wrong about what they are (laughs) asking? Totally, says, they are also praying for grace. If you read that conversation, you are surprised that you know, how small we make of her. So all are deceived Do what the one power dictates. Yet each thinks his own will, his nature moves. The judge is thinking, he is thinking. And the advocate, I am the one who is fighting the case. The other side, I am going to win. All the witnesses, so many lines, everybody thinks that they are the doers. And in that courtroom, Sri is sitting calmly because he is seeing that all one power dictates that they are doing. The hater knows not, it is himself he hates. Not for once, a word of hatred against the British. Even when he, uh, you know, uh, passes very satirical remarks, it is done with such a finish. I mean, Shurobindo is really noble in the highest ways. For example, in the Alipur jail, they had to use a bucket for passing motions. And this, in, Which will be inside the cell, by the way. Huh? So, in the cell, you have passed the motion, then you cover it with whatever. Now, this bucket will be carried next day morning, emptied, and then brought back. So, he says that they gave us perfect training in toilet because, you know, if you went second time, you had to bear the stench. So, the only way was you have to master yourself. That was the state. And then he adds his touch of humor. He says, I, you know, it is true that uh, the westerners like to have attached bathrooms and toilets. But this way they will attach it, it's, was it was too much of a luxury for us. <laughs> Having an attached toilet is a luxury. But uh, an attached toilet in this way was too much of a luxurious thing for us. Look at, you know, that way. Why? Because all the grief like Neil kanthi was absorbing inside. Truly, if you want to see the example of somebody who is beyond grief and suffering, this is the example. You know, a place which could break people. Look how he describes, The hater knows not it is himself he hates. Never hated. The lover knows not it is himself he loves. This is what he gives us as the secret of love. Whom do we love? Our own self in the other person. Something of us we see and that opens new doors. In all is one being, many bodies bear. Here Krishna flutes upon the forest road, calling our souls to the great adventure. Here Shiva sits ash smeared with matted hair. So we'll see in all of us, these two states, no? One is the state of joy, when we are responding to love and beauty, delight, Krishna is calling. But then... On the way, there are many others. Uh, You know, Krishna says, are you ready? Not ready. So then, after some time, things happen. We don't heed the call of the float. So what is the next state that human beings develop? Shiva, Vairagya, this world is, you know, an illusion. (laughs) Vairagya. Shiva becomes active. So these are the two systems, operating systems. Krishna calling us to joy and delight If you follow really this world can be a journey From joy to greater joy That's what he says in the Gita What does he say to Arjuna Tapasvis is also reached there But you know As a friend of all creatures Now this is not exact word But little bit I am taking liberty With the f- great friend of all But a friend of all creatures That I am If you want I can take you along In this entire journey with delight because he is But what is the condition? Manmanabhavmadbhakta Madhyaji, ma namaskuru. Manmanabhavmad. I will be full of him. Then he will take us on the journey. So he says, on but if we are not ready. So then Shiva comes says, okay, you are preparing to go to Margat. Not to. ka Basi. this is come, okay. So when Shiva comes, suddenly we become sullen. This world appears gloomy and you know, not gloomy, but. Bairagya, illusion Nothing is really worth This is also Krishna's play Just as the other is also Shiva play They are one But between them they have a perfect jugalbandi Flute and the Damru So here that is being described to us Here Shiva sits ash with matted hair Jisviras this is Whatever passage you take You will end up with him If you are disgusted with the world You will go towards Shiva If you are enjoying the world Krishna will draw you he will lure you. So this, together they are working to purify the soul of man. When we are not ready for Krishna, then Shiva says, Okay, let me purify him. Moksha. He is not ready for you, Krishna. So that's why in Tantra you have these three kinds. You know, It starts with Pashupati. Who is Pashupati? The lord of the animal, Shiva. And then it ends with Gopala. You start with worshipping Shiva and you end up with the master of light so in our journey also we start with the seeming wrath of Shiva but it's not wrath he only takes the poison but he shakes us up but as we grow after those needing hands touch of those hands then we are ready for Krishna but they are one the same appears this way and appears that way so he will tell us but Shiva and Krishna are the single god Mother, at says in one of his writings, he says, such the four original ones. So, infinite existence, Brahma, infinite consciousness, Vishnu, infinite force, Shiva, infinite ananda, Krishna. And all of them together in the Divine Mother. They are all her children, the fourfold. So infinite existence, infinite consciousness, infinite force and infinite ananda. So he says, but Shiva and Krishna are a single god. If you unite there, uh, there's, you know what is this term used for this single god? The term is Harihar. <laughs> and that's why a progeny of Harihar has such a power to kill the, one of the most dangerous demons. All this uh, Ayapa temple, no? if you go, you will hear about this legend of Harihar. So Harihar is a, you know, there are play, stories in uh, the Puranas where Hari and Har come together. One of the consequences of Harihar is Hanuman. Of course, Hari comes in his Mohini rope. He says, Shiva, you, only Parvati Mata had once brought you to that state where you can, you know, have a progeny. But uh, now it is given to me. Because some ansh of yours has to go, you are not ready to bring out anything, but it's necessary. So he comes as the Vishmoini So that's the time when Shiva and Vishnu they come together, and there is this baby who is carried by the Pavana to Kesari, the mother. So that's why he is called Shankar Suman, Kesari Nandan, Pavan Putra. All these are because of this. All three have a role. So Krishna and Shiva are single. Shiva and Krishna are the single God. So what are they doing? In us too, Krishna seeks for love and joy. He's so sweet, <laughs> cute. That's why he draws attention. Maya Mori Because otherwise life is routine. I mean, leaving aside the beauty of that makhan symbol, life is routine. How will he get attention? So, after putting all his face, he says, I didn't eat. Now, you know. <laughs> or at night when everybody is asleep, he says, otherwise though, nobody will allow the meeting. So, he goes and plays the float at the, below the Kadam tree. And wherever krishna go, you see, all of them are drawn. He is the power, supreme power of attraction in creation. Krishna comes from that. He attracts all beings to him, but he wears different masks. So mask of love, indifferent, this human being we love, that human being we love, this human being. Finally after loving many human beings in many lives, by the way, don't (laughs) compress it into one life. (laughs) But after all that, Krishna says, ready for me? Yes. (laughs) In us too, Krishna seeks for love and joy. How liberating this is. What about Shiva? in us too, Shiva struggles with the world's grief, his task is more challenging so when we sleep at night seeking love and joy and by evening we are like exhausted disappointed because messages didn't come because somebody didn't say (laughs) what they had to say or said what they didn't have to say and by night you are in that state so Shiva comes he says okay all the bitterness and pain Shiva absorbs. Morning, you wake up and you are at your follies again because the. <laughs> <laughs> Shiva and the, It's all happening between Shiva and Krishna, okay? <laughs> we are, but when we become conscious, then we love the play because it's Ananda. That's the difference. When we are conscious, like the said no, earlier, when I would fall, I would feel very bad and I would be filled with the sense of shame and sin. Later on when I discovered it's Krishna at his tricks, then I would get up and say, you fellow, again you are playing this mischief with me. And then he goes on to say, but this time I had to pardon him. Finally he pardons him. He says, Ki, you are, what is this you are doing again and again? But then ultimately he discovered the deep purpose behind this play. So he says, but this time I had to pardon him because I knew... That this is the process. So in us too, Krishna seeks for love and joy. This is not to use this as an excuse. In us too, Krishna seeks for love and joy. In us too, Shiva struggles with the world's grief. He absorbs all the pain. That's why after a few days, and even when people go into that extreme step, even there, it's Shiva who absorbs all that. One self in all of us endures, annoy. Cries in his pain and asks his fate's relief. So what did this vision take him to? This is all Alipur Jail. He He's written this at different points of time. What did Krishna tell him? I am not only in, in you and your advocate, I am also in your opponent and his advocate. So he says, My rival's downfall is my own disgrace. I look on my enemy. And see Krishna's face. How can there be any enemy to Krishna? That's why one of the things that Krishna teaches is uh, in the Gita. He says that, you know, be free of all hatred. Don't you know you're not fighting an enemy. You're fighting for dharma, not for your individual victory, individual gain, selfish gain. No, you're fighting for dharma. But without hatred, without envy, so people can't understand it. So one is the inner state, the other is the outer action. So He says, be in that inner state, but know that I dwell in all creatures. Even when you see the fourfold order of society in India, Shubhinda explains it and then he says, but there was also this sense that even in the Shudra, in the lowest and the outcast, the divine dwells. So these two truths are simultaneously there, the truth of essence and the truth of manifestation. My rival's downfall is my own disgrace. I look on my... Enemy and see Krishna's face. So when we look at Shudvindo's life in the Alipur jail, you know he describes how he lived and all description. And it is so strange at that point of time he fully falls head over heels in love with Krishna. He lives in a state of delight. That's how he describes. And he says that, you know, now we have all these games and all. He says, my mind was going crazy. I didn't know how to occupy the mind. Because he has not practiced this kind, this way of yoga. But he has been forced into it. So he describes that, I saw… Uh, he says, how, what God did to bring back the sanity. Because mind needs an object. And there is, no, there is nothing no object worth contemplating. So he says, suddenly I saw that in the room… There were two set of ants, the black ant and the red ant. It's a very symbolic story also. Then he sees that the black ants are ferociously devouring the red ants. So he takes the side of the red ants and tries to save them. So this way he says it used to occupy him for some time, but brought back the state of sanity to save the red ants. Later on in Alipur jail... He had the sense of the all beautiful everywhere. He says that it is there that my eyes opened to the spirit of beauty. What a place. People go to what places, what art museums to Salarjang museum or some great art museum to develop the sense of beauty. But if you are in touch with the all beautiful, then even in the jail you will open your eyes to the sense of the all beautiful then there would be no sense of ugliness. He describes that. That's why he describes lufsi which was given in Alipur Jail, you know, as three forms of the same Brahman. White lufsi is static Brahman in that Mahanirvan state. Then there is lufsi with sprinkling of some things. So he says that lufsi is more like a, you know, uh, given with, uh, it's like manifestation. So you have different, different colors in the lufsi. He describes that that state of delight. So, why? What was the secret? If somebody asked Srior Bindu, how come you're not looking sad and sullen? Of course, people who saw outwardly saw a very calm countenance which is gazing into the future. Sometimes the smile would come. He would often smile. It was told to him later on that, you know, um, supposed to be serious, he said, that picture has been painted by Nevinson, who was, you know, Arguing the case that she would not smile because he would see me in that state of calm. But that smile. So he would probably direct us to one of his poems and he'll say, This is my secret, and I'm giving this secret to you also. This is a poem called Because Thou Art. Because Thou Art, all beauty and all bliss. My soul blind and enamored yearns for thee. So it's because of the divine. So when we come in contact with the divine beauty and bliss, they all grow within us naturally. It bears thy mystic touch in all that is and thrills with the burden of that ecstasy. Behind all eyes, I meet thy secret gaze. And in each voice I hear thy magic tune Just imagine even the voices are getting transmuted, As if it's the flute which is coming from every side Thy sweetness hunts my heart through nature's ways All the ways of nature Shri Krishna is alluring He takes this aspect, that form, this route, any route he can take Through nature's ways, hunts my heart Nowhere it beats now from thy snare immune. What a beautiful expression. I just can't help it. I am no more immune to your snare. (laughs) Look at it. Whose is the snare? Krishna has laid a snare around our feet. So the only way that we can get rid of the snare, one is called Shiva is break the snare and break the whole thing. Or you to tie a snare around Krishna's feet. That's how in Ahana we see. I have a snare for him taken. So that snare is to love him. Then he becomes a slave. Several places this bhava comes, he becomes a slave of love. So when he ties a snare around your feet in various ways, tie a snare and say, You be with me. Life is delightful. Then he makes sure that the snare becomes wider, wider, wider. Till the whole world, mohini becomes the snare. There also see Narayana. You are there, no? With this form. Then he says, okay, you take the Amrit. <laughs> this is the Krishna's path. Progressive enlargement and deepening of consciousness. Shiva's path is, call him, Jatka. There you go. <laughs> Freedom you want? Okay. I'll set you free. He's the mighty God. He can do that. Krishna doesn't break the evolutionary chain. So there is Krishna. My rivals downfall. Okay. Because the what? It loves thy body in all living things. Why? Because the Lord dwells. That's why even when somebody leaves the body, we do pranam. It's non-living. It's not about living, non-living. That anyways, that distinction is artificial. Something is always living even in dead matter. But this body, you had dwelt, O Lord, along with the soul. So we do that. Namaste. Even namaste means that. Namaste means literally, I bow to the divine in you. So it's so beautiful. There's so many things about explaining, nama asti, whatever it is, that's a detailed thing. But basically it is, I bow to the divine presence in you, that presence inside which is there. So, it loves thy body in all living things. Thy joy is there in every leaf and stone. This is the, uh, the Gita speaks about the three levels at which we experience the divine. So, sharobhav, in the temporary, the transient, the mutable, It is not permanent and transient. But even in mutable, even in transient and temporary, he is hiding. That's why when we go to mountains, we feel so happy. When we look at leaves, sometimes stone, waves, there is joy, stars, because it's… And it is, this happiness continues till you see tigers, lions, then comes man. The moment you look at man, where are you Krishna? (laughs) (laughs) So… Uh, so that is because, so that also he has found a way to draw to man and then eventually reveals himself. The moments bring thee on their fiery wings, sights endless artistry is thou alone. All the different play of colors and forms and states. Time voyages with thee upon its brow and all the futures... Passionate hope is thou That's why he could say What he said Because he had heard it From Krishna Later on he became one with Krishna and Khabbe. That was enough for Shirobindo After that there were no more questions Doubts It's exactly the state where Arjuna says Just tell me what I have to do Do this So he receives the command After that When you see the writings in Karmi people are challenging How are you saying this You are speaking of God, you are speaking this, how can you base it on all this? He says, yes, you don't understand it now because his ways we cannot understand, they baffle human intelligence. But ultimately it is the divine will which fulfills itself in the creature. Through whatever route, we can take the route of the gods or we can take the route of the titans. But he advises us not to take the titans' routes. Rash, impatience, he wants quickly the results and leads to a crash. I think we can read one more poem before we close. This experience, of course, would have come later. Let me uh, read Krishna, probably. That will be more appropriate because later on he experiences that widening of consciousness which we'll read subsequently. So Krishna always has a little surprise and, you know, it's absolutely lovable. So the surprise is all the poems, twenty poems took out that, you know, we'll read. Krishna was there in my mind, but he hid himself. Knowing very well that at least you try to find me, take a little effort, and then we'll read. So this poem, there are two Krishnas. One is a sonnet and the other is in critics, different kind of words. So the sonnet Krishna is, at last I find a meaning of soul's birth, Into this universe terrible and sweet So he has experienced both aspects Sweetness Where you know the adulation Into this universe terrible and sweet I who have felt the hungry heart of earth Aspiring beyond heaven to Krishna's feet So he has experienced that acute hunger At every level he must have experienced Physical hunger Emotionally that loneliness The mind is absolutely one It can go crazy in that state So this hunger is not just the physical hunger. So we often, you know, recently there was this hunger index. Hunger is not just physical, excuse me, there is emotional hunger of which uh, if you take the real, you know, data, it will show a very different thing. There is intellectual hunger, dissatisfaction in the thought, in the mind and there is the spiritual hunger. Most do not even experience it. So he says, At last I find a meaning of soul's birth Into this universe terrible and sweet I who have felt the hungry heart of earth Aspiring beyond heaven to Krishna's feet There are very very rarest of rare If you take the history of spiritual life who had actually such an experience of Krishna, sometimes passing glimpse, darshan. But this kind of experience of Krishna, later on is identity, but just to look at that, I have seen the beauty of immortal eyes. That's why it is said, and Shubhendu could say this with conviction, there is a phrase in the Gita that, all your uh, attractions and allurements to the world finally fall away only when you become a Param drishtva. You had the vision of the Supreme. So if you read the uh, commentaries, most of them just, you know, uh, give it an intellectual interpretation because, you know, Param drishtva, who can see the Supreme? is Nirakar, nirgun. But when you read, as is on the Gita, first time he says, Yes, only after you have had the vision of God. He doesn't matter, <laughs> except words. In Bangalore writings He says that You know how this vision develops There is a Gras drishti There is a sukshm drishti And there is a Dividrishti. drishti So it is a Dividrishti. drishti He says sukshma drishti is where you see Sukshm things He had that When he used to do pranayama Lot of poetry And sukshm drishti can be Not only subtle vision But inwardly Many such revelatory things come in But God can be seen Only with Dividrishti. drishti Otherwise it cannot be seen Our senses cannot behold him and that is granted as a result of A grace It's an act of grace So if you really look at it After Arjuna There have been many Bhaktas Who are maddened in love Sometimes they had a glimpse Like Mirabai I remember Surdas. There is one story Where he doesn't have a glimpse But he feels the touch And they are great saints And We celebrate them Indian public especially Is conversant with Surdas and Mirabai it's a pity that we don't know about Shurubindu, who not only saw Sri Krishna, spoke to him, slept in his arms, he says, Night after night he would come and I would sleep in his embrace. And we don't know. And what is a greater pity is that we portray Shurubindu as a philosopher, a thinker. I am yet to see uh, this authentic on Shurubindu, the Bhakta, who showed us the way a Bhakta should be. So look at a Bhakta, how he aspires and how he sees the Godhead. I have seen the beauty of immortal eyes and heard the passion of the lovers float. You actually hear, this is an inner experience, this is not a metaphor. He describes it in Savitri in the world soul. And when uh, Niruddha asked him that there is a new yoga, Surat Savad Yoga, and you know there they go by all this nad and they have these inner sounds, they hear flute and before that this, that, everything… So he asks, your views about it? He says, yes, that's when the inner being opens, you have these experiences. I had plenty of them in the very beginning of yoga. They would say it is the end. Plenty of them in the beginning of yoga. So when he says, heard is not a metaphor. He heard the flute. And known a deathless ecstasy, surprise... And sorrow in my heart forever mute. That's how he describes it. After that point, when Krishna came to him, after that he had no worries, his mind was completely calm, there was no fear, completely it went away. Sorrow in my heart forever mute, nearer and nearer, now the music draws. So he is experiencing that state of an increasing nearness to the beloved. Life shudders with this strange felicity. Experiencing delight, felicity, in a place where you are supposed to experience sorrow and suffering. And then that's how we will see in the synthesis. Everything that Srivinder has written, they have experienced it. He says you can completely detach the mind from all your physical conditions and situations. And he says that's an important aspect of the mastery that we are seeking. Is there in Yoga of Knowledge when he speaks about the body and Detaching from the body. All nature is a wide, enamored pause, hoping her lot to touch, to clasp, to be. Where was the pause? People describe it. See, this is the whole thing. When you read the description from outside, and the people who have theorized on this, by the way, and I am not going to name. What did they see? Shuraabindo sitting with blank eyes, looking in front, and then they have their own theories Read here All nature is a wide inanimate pause He was seeing Krishna He was waiting When will he come again Pause At rest It is said that during that phase in Alipur jail Such was Sraubindo state That even bath and everything He had as if forgotten He had to be taken for it Later on And the state was such that if a bomb were to blast, Srivinda would be unmoved. Why? Because he is waiting for Krishna and seeing Krishna, all nature. Nature means everything. Physical, vital, mental has entered into a state of utter stillness. So nirvana is taken further into that utter stillness of nature. But why? Because it is waiting for the Lord to come. All nature is a wide, enamored pause, hoping her Lord to touch, to clasp, to be. For this one moment lived the ages past. Now, there he is saying, Thank God I had all these things in the past. Even those past lives also, playing with danger was a way of life. For this one moment lived the ages past. The world now throbs, fulfilled in me at last. Now I know that world is safe because it is in Krishna's arms. Namaste.